Welcome to Love and Business, Is It Worth It? I'm your girl, Diane, and on this podcast, we address everything love, everything business, and everything in between. If you're looking to grow with your partner while you're growing your business, you're listening to the podcast that will help you figure it out. Figure it out. F-I-O. F-I-O. Development and spirituality. And I'm super excited because I have one of my good friends here with me today to share her goodness with all of you ladies. Her name is Diane Walker. Hey, girl. Hi, how's it going? Oh, so amazing. Awesome. She is a real estate developer, entrepreneur, and the founder of the Lovepreneur platform, which really focuses on helping couples build wealth and an empire together. You know, I was at one of her retreats and it was amazing. And one of these, um, her quotes stuck in my head this day, and it was pretty much, you know, a lot of us are black and brown individuals, and this is our first time doing this, right? And we cannot afford to mess this up with our partner and for our children and the generations that come behind us. And when you said that, I was like, <gasps> yo, straight facts, straight facts. So that is just a little sneak peek into what power she is going to be bringing for us in this next hour or so. So welcome to the show. Woo-hoo. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that because I remember your face. Yeah. When I said that. Uh-huh. And I know you're all about the power of energy and you have brought the importance of power energy into my life. And I'll never forget the energy that I feel like we shared at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't only something that was powerfully said, but the moment yeah. we shared when that was said, I will never forget that part. Yeah, definitely yeah. felt, definitely felt for sure. For sure. So, you know, I get a lot of questions and I'm sure you do too of like how how did you find a me how do you find a Doug or like you know how do you find um that partner that you can trust that you can build with like from a woman's standpoint like how can you find them you know these ladies I don't want to say are struggling out here but they be wanting to know (laughs) it's so funny because this generation now and it's we can't even talk like we're old (laughs) we're not even that old but it is a it, it's a different time of dating right now. And, you know, I met my husband, you mentioned me, my husband is Demetrius Walker, um, him being a real estate developer in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia in uh, Miami and in Illinois. And it's like, he has always been this entrepreneurial mindset. I'm not giving up. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it work, are you down with me or not? And, you know, he didn't necessarily come from money, but his parents were self-employed and continue to be self-employed. And I say that because there's a difference between entrepreneurs and Mm self-employment. And in case you're like, wait, what is the difference? Um, You're an entrepreneur when you can step away from your business months at a time and your business still generating and it can still be managed. You're self-employed when you are the business. Like you're sitting there and you have to make sure you maintain that business. If somebody calls out, you got to be the one. Then you're just at that point self-employed. You're not quite yet an entrepreneur. So understand the difference. And it's important to understand the difference because you start aiming and start rearranging and managing your life a little differently when the goal is, I don't want to be there, but I want to make sure that the dividends and the revenue is coming in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
But um, so I say that to say that that was, has always been our mindset. And when him and I first started dating, we met many years before that. Um, my husband um, was one of those men that had a lot of girlfriends. So, you know, I was, again, one of those girlfriends. And I literally mean a girl and a friend. And he was just a very popular guy, really sweet, charisma, um, just knew how to have a presence in front of women, people in general. So because of that, I was always very reluctant. And, but we always flirted. Can I tell you that from 2001 to 2006, he would give me a, Valentine, a Valentine's Day card every single year. Never kissed, never went on a date, just give me a card. And I don't know how many other women probably share that story. I never asked. <laughs> I never asked. But it was just, he's just one of those guys. And um, so fast forward, I was dating someone six years during college. Um, once I graduated from Temple, him and I kind of broke it off this um, last person and Demetrius, you know, again, as my friend, I go to him and we broke up, et cetera. But this time it was a little different. This time he was vulnerable and I was vulnerable and it kind of just worked out. And this time we actually did kiss and dated and, and we took it to, you know, second base, as you would say. So I'm circling back to this story because I realized my husband was a different, my husband, my boyfriend or dating person at the time, Right. He was a different type of mindset. And quickly, I had a revelation that if I treat this man the same way other women have treated this man, I'm just going to be additional. I'm just going to be the same old girl that he's dating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what would I be bringing different to the table? And whether it was a revelation from God, whether it was just me being wise, whether it was wisdom from God, I just knew at that time, if I wanted something different from him, I needed to be something that he's never had before. Mm. What would I offer him that he was never offered before? And it was two things. One, I took from him that I knew he was always being offered. Mm -hmm. And the second I gave him and brought it to the table that I knew no one came to give him that. Mm. So the first one, what I took from him, although him and I started differently, we started, you know, having sex in a relationship. Um, I took that away. And I said to him, I understand this is not your usual situation, but we're going to church and I see that you're a very spiritual guy, but we're sitting here every night laying with each other. Mm -hmm. I believe that if we're going to do this and we want God's true blessing in our relationship, we need to stop. And it was a shock for me because I've never like said, we got to stop, you know? Right. And, and for him, I truly did not think that he would say, okay, fine. And he actually said, okay, let's do it the right way. And I I'm talking about a man that has a whole yeah. <laughs> access to whomever i was completely shocked but i knew at the age of 25 just graduated from temple i just wanted something different don't you just get tired of like and larissa you know doug was not your first you know boyfriend ever and demetrius was not my first boyfriend ever mm -hmm. and there was just a time where it's like i'm i'm just tired of this mm -hmm. and although the dating scene is different now Ladies, you got to ask yourself, I am tired of the same old thing. And being insane is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. 
So you literally have to sit there and strategize with yourself about your intentions in life and about your intentions with a guy. If you seriously want to date, some people are not in the dating thing. Cool. But if you are and you know you're tired of it, strategize with yourself in your life and say, what am I going to do differently to get a different result because I don't like what's happening? So that I took away from him that I knew he had 100% access to wherever. And it was a scary thing. It was a risk. And that's what I realized. Apparently, I'm a risk taker, too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the only risk taker in his relationship. I'm a risk taker, right. too. And then the second thing um, with me, mm-hmm. I knew that him being an entrepreneur, I was not. Um, I came from corporate. I was in banking majority of my college years plus um, after college. So what can I bring to his entrepreneurial life? And I knew that organization and how to really structure his businesses. So it's more corporate. So it's more entrepreneurial and not self-employed. I knew if I can bring strategies to the table that will help him scale, change the mindset, change the structures, change the strategies in his business, Mm-hmm. I will then kind of come in as a partner to his life, not just an intimate or romantic partner. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a bait and he did it and it, yeah. he, he bit right into it and mm-hmm. it worked. And voila, you know, 13 years later, here comes love for And I realized that it was these steps, part of the secret to having a successful relationship with a partner that is very entrepreneurial because if you haven't realized yet a person whether male or female if you're an entrepreneur your needs are different the way you love is different and what you need from your partner is completely 100 percent different than your usual relationship right definitely yeah you touched on a few different things there that i can completely Uh, resonate with and one of those was what would you be able to offer him right because it's an exchange and I feel like I see a lot of like women and this is not to bash this is to be real like oh I'm all this I'm all that like I'm bringing all of this to the table like they better be this they better be that and of course you need to have your standards right you need to have your standards but you literally need to sit down with yourself and strategize. Like, like you said, like, where am I at in this point in my life? Where do I need to improve? And how can I be an asset to the person that I want to bring into my life? And it can't be all of this, like, holier than thou, like, I already got my stuff together because all of us got a whole bunch of stuff that we don't got together <laughs> that we need to work on, but we need to be really real about. And I also loved how you said, um, you have to be ready to want something different. You knew you wanted something different. And I also knew I wanted something different before I met Doug, before I even knew who Doug was. I was like, um, I'm over this, like, just dating. I'm too old to be dating just to be dating. Like, I'm ready to build um, a relationship. And um, when first meeting, not just a relationship, but something that's going to uh, stand the test of time, a marriage. And I said that to Doug when I met him. I'm like, yo, like, I'm not here just to be dating for fun. Like, what's the goal here what's the goal here so um love those points love those points (laughs) Mm -hmm. i agree and i love your story too with uh you guys are so amazing and and that's one of the things we connected on because it's such a love for story and i'm sure your audience knows all about it but you know when i think i don't talk about it actually that's one you haven't i I mean i talked about it once on like a podcast no 
No, I talked about it on your podcast, but I didn't. Exclusive here first. I'm wealthy. (laughs) Diane pulls out Larissa's amazing story with Doug. And it's such a love for moment because, and I don't mean to switch the table around here, but I just have to give you guys um, props and kudos when it's due because you also made a decision with Doug and you said, I do not mind sacrificing with you for your vision. Mm-hmm. And if that is not a lovepreneur, selfless, I am willing to grow with you no matter what it takes type of move. Mm-hmm. If that's not putting all the cards on the table and saying what we got, let's make lemonade from the lemons that you have and Hopefully we can do a whole entire franchise, forget a a lemonade sell stand. Mm -hmm. And you guys have built what you have today and like literally sky's the limit. That is just such a love for the moment. And I I just love you for that. I do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't that easy all the time, you know, a lot of times. (laughs) This journey isn't easy for everything. Listen, y'all, if y'all think, and this is not only you know, when it comes to us as entrepreneurs, because I think finally yeah. entrepreneurs are getting the same line, light and props as like rappers do and celebrities Seriously. do, athletes do. And it's funny because making millions is like, yeah, like nine times out of 10, we're making more money than the, the usual, the, the um, athletes. We're not talking about the LeBron James and them because, and don't get me wrong, it happens too. And as developers in real estate, like it's the journey to wealth. And finally, I think we're getting the recognition as entrepreneurs because people are seeing that, oh, snap. So you don't have to be an actress, a celebrity, an athlete to make these millions. You actually can do it through business. Absolutely. And also being a power couple, as Doug and Larissa are as well, you're getting also that recognition. And if you think being this power couple, a.k.a. Lepreneur, is easy and it's all cute and just because you have somebody that you love means that you love them every day you are absolutely mistaken there are times mm-hmm. my husband if it wasn't for the grace of god <laughs> that man would be like oh you know i'm not necessarily easy and building together and owning businesses together and managing businesses together and the pressure of the decisions you got to make and the pressures mm-hmm. of making payroll and like larissa mm-hmm. said this is we're first generation so we don't have the option to call our great uncle Bob that has been in the real estate industry for many, for decades, and he right. has connections and yep. here's the lawyer you can just call for that. And here's mm-hmm. the accountant you can here's just the call for that. Yeah, right. like we literally got to come up with these different connections and networking yeah. and, and it's us and we're the first ones. And if we don't build it right for our children, our children are, are behind. So, you know, we don't have that luxury and therefore there's more stress and more pressure and how do we overcome Mm -hmm. and imagine that pressure with somebody else with the same pressure. Like, Mm -hmm. y'all, it can get gang related up in the house. (laughs) Like if it wasn't for, and and as Larissa, you know, talks about affirmations and meditation and being spiritually grounded and having the same vision and goals we would literally be here for tit for tat like literally fighting all day long because it's not all about love and love does not always carry you through these crazy tough times right 
Right. You know, my mom used to say that, like, like when getting married, like when I was in high school, like, you know, love it can't be everything in the relationship. It's important, but it can't. But when I was in high school, I was like, mom, you don't love anything. It's all about love. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, as I've gotten older and obviously in the, uh, a long-term relationship, my marriage, who I love, you know, it has to be more sustainability than that. That can't be everything. So can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say love is not enough. A big booty, a nice car, a bank yeah. roll. It's not enough. The fact that he has a nice car and he has money and he has a big house, like that is not going to carry you through the relationship successfully. And there is nothing worse. And I'm, I we get it all the time with our members or our platform or the DMs and the questions. You know, I love him and we have this beautiful home, but in the home, it's so depressing. It's mm. all we do is fight. And it's like, is it really worth it that you're entering, you're going through this beautiful driveway with your amazing car and this amazing house but when you go inside, it's not a home, it's hell. Right. And it's like, which H are you going to choose, home or hell? And you re- literally can build a beautiful home and still have a beautiful house. Like, it can mm-hmm. happen, but you that's what you got to want. And literally, you got to manifest it. Literally, you have to have it in your vision. Like, you literally got to write it down and, like, make it plain. Like write down what it is that you want not only from your partner but from your home and what you want your house to look like and your car to look like and your career to look like and your businesses to look like like you can't expect someone to create this for you and you have no idea what you want it to look like and then when you're there you're disappointed because it's not what you wanted to what you thought it would be like Mm -hmm. it's like well do you even have it written down? Do you even know what you want it to be like? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and if like you don't have an idea, you expect somebody to give you what you don't even know mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. So having a clear definition of what your relationship should look like to me is the beginning of how does how would that be? How does that happen? So mm-hmm. like you said, Larissa, you knew before even Doug came around what you were kind of looking for. In my case, it's funny. I did not necessarily want to get married. Um, marriage was never something on my mind. I never had this illusion of this big wedding. I was never the marrying type, period. I was very business-minded. Didn't know that it was entrepreneur, but very business-minded. And even when it came to corporate America. So my husband and I, and my philosophy, and as a lovepreneur is, build first what your purpose and visions are your goals, build on Mm. that. Like that should be first. Then build on if we can have a relationship, especially if you are an entrepreneur, whether one or both are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. When there's one, uh, when there's one entrepreneur relationship, the structure of the relationship is completely different, regardless if the other one is not. The other one's in corporate America, self-employed, housewife, or the the man may be at at home while the woman works, whatever. If there's an entrepreneur in the relationship, in order for this to be a successful union, you have to know if you can build first. Because 
as an entrepreneur, our brain is always on, let's build, what are we building? What's the solution? How do we increase our revenue? What's the ROI? And we quickly realized, and then there's actually studies that have been done that if mm -hmm. me entering my husband at the time, boyfriend, his business and helping him with his business, his net worth increases by 77% simply because I chose as his partner to help him and support him in his business. Mm. So if right away me as his partner, whether it's his girlfriend or wife, right. decide to help him build, if his net worth increases by 77%, what do you think is going to happen to mine? And right. then because I'm helping him through the process, I'm being exposed yeah. simply by just helping him. We're not even talking about me yet. We're not even mm -hmm. talking about, all right, bring that help back to me. By me simply helping him through the process, I am learning, I'm being exposed, I'm meeting people, I'm shaking hands. My network is automatically increasing. Right. And then if and when his help comes to my end, and now he's supporting helping me in my journey, my network now is up 77%. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me combined, just with us two, we're not even talking about anybody else around us. Right. Our net worth is up by 140 plus yeah. just simply hey. because we're helping each other. Like really? Right. right. Like that's a whole, that's like a reason to sit there and just kind of build with each other. And to me, that is what is most important before we start wanting to know their rap sheet or is their credit perfect? Mm. Let me get into that. Mm. My husband's credit, when mm -hmm. him and I first started dating, and mind you, this yeah. is a businessman, so I if I would think as a businessman, your credit got to be, you know, you build all this. A1, yeah. A1, I mean, the man, <laughs> God, the man used to have 100,000 cash underneath his pillow. Why? Why am <laughs> I in this amazing condo, and you have hundred uh, over $100,000 underneath his pillow? Like, I don't yeah, even know I can count. That. You're We're right. not doing it. And they're like, why is that not in the bank? I don't like my money in the bank. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so you have a safe full of money and additional cash under your pillow in case you can't get in the safe? Like, this just doesn't, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. So him and I really started sitting down and talking about it. That's when I realized the man doesn't have credit and not because it was bad. He just never used it. Never could care less about it. Felt like government is after him. You know, all that yeah. conspiracy stuff. So I started exposing him to credit. Now, again, this is a little later in the relationship. If I would have in the beginning said, well, I have an 800. You don't have good credit. I can't mess with you. We wouldn't be here right now. Like, okay, I exposed him to good credit, but he exposed me to a lifeline of how to get money. Yeah. What to build next. I mean, a lifeline of not only properties, like it's bigger than this whole cosmetic credit good car looks good amazing looking face i mean i can't talk because my husband is pretty handsome but i, I got lucky <laughs> and it's not just that though i just it's not just that y'all what are we building what's worth the fight what will sustain us 20 years from now what would not allow us to fade away and can i live without you right. i cannot live without my husband yeah it's him who I see me building. It's him who I see me growing old with. It's him who I'd rather go through issues with. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to say that's my last hack, Larissa, so I can go over uh, on and on and on. My last hack when it comes to that is how does your partner handle pressure? If both of y'all melt and lay in the bed when things get hard and disappear and go through a whole depression phase, that's not a good combo. Mm -hmm. Somebody got to step up and have a thicker skin. Right. I am that one. I don't melt, but I panic. I'm overwhelmed mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. All right, what do I do? Because right away I want a solution. Yeah. So how do we do this? Grab the team. Let's figure this out. My yeah. husband is like, chill. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let me process this. We'll be yeah. all right. No mm -hmm. need to panic. Like, he's the one that will just chill out. Everything will be all right. Let's figure these next steps. I'm going to move this piece here. I'm going to need you to take care of these things, and we're good to go. There's mm -hmm. never a time of, what are we going to do? Yeah, and right. that is important because how are you going to go through life constantly folding every time something happens? Like, you better keep it moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So, uh, again, a relationship can't just sustain on love because there are so many other foundational pieces um, that we need. And one of those big ones that you said to start off with, which I'm coming back to, is building the purpose and the vision and are you guys in alignment with that purpose and vision because if we can't get even get on one accord with this then what, what are we doing where are we going <laughs> where are we going um there's also one other thing that you had said that really stood out to me oh this is what i want to ask and i'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit where if we have if we can build a vision together and we're, and we're good on that we're one accord on that if one person in the relationship can at least hold it together when everything feels like it's crumbling, but they don't have that credit score or they, they don't have the, I guess, the ideal vision of what you thought your partner would have. Would this be something called like dating his potential or is that something totally different? Because I know I always get this conversation too, like, oh, well, he doesn't have this going for him right now, but he has this or that. So where, where does it become like a fine line where it's like, oh, like I'm just overlooking things that are red flags or like I'm just willing to see the best and move forward with that and we, I can help him along the way with the rest or she can help me vice versa. I love, I love that. And I'll tell you that I know it, this answer is gonna be like a three-step difference in each example. And there's a reason behind it. So yeah. one of the things I always say on my platform is, ladies, don't be getting pimped by your man. Yeah. Because I refuse mm -hmm. to be the one with the messed up knees and him with the cute shoes. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, a lot of times us women- Just clarify, because that can get uh, a little misconstrued. <laughs> the messed up knees. Let me break it down <laughs> so Larissa doesn't kill me. No, um, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so like, all right, as a powerful woman, as a go-getter, as I won't let nothing stop me, whether I have kids, whether I'm working, going to school, have children, still inspired to continue to scale and do better for myself, you stop at nothing. And then here you are dating or you have this man who just crumbles every time, sits on the couch, does absolutely nothing. 
and you sitting there doing five, six different things, and he's just sitting there doing nothing. Those are the red flags. And how do you see that from the very beginning? So why it depends on you, because what type of person are you? So if you are this go-getter, you need somebody that knows how to support that. Mm. You don't need someone that tells you, well, slow down, you're doing too much. No, I'm not doing too much. But what I am doing, you can help me so I can continue to move forward. So instead of having someone, and that's a red flag, when you're moving, moving and shaking, school, kids, I mean, you're just doing it all. And you get overwhelmed, you even find yourself crying sometimes because you're, you're so overwhelmed. You need a partner that will say to you, babe, what can I do? What can I take off your plate and put into mine so that you can keep moving forward? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person you are looking for and the response you're looking for if this is the type of woman that you are. Mm-hmm. Here's the response you don't want in the red flag. You doing too much. That's what I'm saying. You go with one. You do it. Just chill out. You ain't got to do that and that right now. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. You're going to slow me down. I realize that you and I are not going to be moving in the same speed. And instead of you wanting to work as a team, mm-hmm. you rather slow me down so I can be at your slow speed, mm-hmm. which is not what will make me comfortable. Now, devil's advocate. At the same time, if your partner has their speed, which they are, and you have your speed, as Larissa said, if there is an agreement on the speed, depending on the situation, then you guys are good to go. Come into an agreement of what speed you should be depending on the situation. But the type of person you are looking for 100% depends on who you are and what you are expecting out of your life. And this is also the perspective that you're talking about. Am I dating someone who has potential, can possibly Mm -hmm. be something? Or am I dating someone that will become something? Well, what are you trying to become? Because what their potential is and all that could be good for the next person, but it doesn't align to yours. So we don't know that until we know who you are. What are you seeking? Like, I know, I always knew I would own blocks. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just something. Him and I had the conversation when we started seriously dating, although we knew each other prior. I remember him asking me the first conversation, you know, that those conversations, you last about seven hours on the phone. Mm -hmm. It's like five in the morning. You're still breathing on the phone. And he said, you know, what, where do you see your, you know, your life in 10 years? I see Mm -hmm. me owning blocks, not knowing that he was in real estate at the time, section eight, not knowing that we were then going to become real estate developers five years later. Mm -hmm. And I knew that for my life. So because I knew that I would want to own blocks, I knew that I needed somebody that at least knew some kind of construction, something like, do you know any of this stuff? And yes, he's in section eight. That man could do a whole rehab all by himself without no help. Mm-hmm. He was frontline when it came to real estate. So seeing that and him agreeing to it during that conversation in the beginning, we in alignment. Now mm-hmm. life happens and things could have turned differently. I understand that. And God, thank God it did it. But mm-hmm. we were in alignment very early on without him and I, neither one, him showing zero credit to be able to do what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And me still being in corporate America, I wasn't even an entrepreneur yet. I didn't own that one property yet, right. but he did. So it seemed like, okay, we headed towards the same direction. But if I'm saying that, and he's like, well, no, I'm trying to work for Merrill Lynch. Mm-hmm. 
and it, don't get me wrong, even that could help. Okay, so if you're going to be in bank with Merrill Lynch, maybe you'll learn how to get me the funding so that I can own a whole block. So you have right. to figure out how does the vision and goals of your partner align with yours and do they. And sometimes, sometimes, especially us women, mm-hmm. we always want to be in control. Mm-hmm. So we tend to want our partner to look exactly how we want them to look in order for this to work. And that is far from the truth, my dear. The goal should be, how do I get what you see your visions to be? What I see my visions to be, how do we get them to work together? Mm -hmm. I don't want to change you. And I definitely don't want you to change me. Right. But how is that my vision and goals can align with yours? What can we strategically do that will get us on the same path, on the same speed, so that we continue to grow together simultaneously? Right. Let's spend more energy on figuring out how we can combine them mm. than separate because I want it. It's supposed to look the way I want it mm-hmm. to I want you to look. And let me tell you something, ladies. Can we stop this controlling our men thing? Because the more we control them, the more we say no to them, the more we make them do what we say, we -hmm. then become the man and their masculinity starts deteriorating. And then all of a sudden, 15 years later, Mm -hmm. you want to complain to your girlfriend he's no longer a man and don't know how to make decisions and don't know how to take care of you. Well, Mm -hmm. you took all his man power away by making all the decisions and controlling the daggone man. Like, let him be him. Let him become the man that he is intended to be. Let him learn it. You don't know 100% how to be a woman and a mom. You're still learning it. What makes mm. you think he got it all together? Let him learn it too. But stop mm. becoming it. Let him be who he's supposed to be and make the manly decisions he's supposed to make, although they're not as perfect as how you would have done them. We all agree <laughs> with that. We're all on the same page, but we know. But allow him to do it. Let him grow his man muscle so that he can continue to learn how to provide, how to be the man of the house, how to make these manly decisions. And then you may say, well, what do you mean manly? Whatever it is to Mm -hmm. you, whatever decisions he's supposed to be making, allow him to make it. Whatever decisions I'm supposed to be making, allow me to make it. That's big, that's big, that's big. So um, I'm hearing a few things from you here, which are all like awesome. So um, with, not just dating somebody's potential, but understanding like, okay, this is somebody that we, I can truly build a foundation with. We want to make sure that they're mo- moving at the same speed as us. And it, moving at the same speed doesn't necessarily mean like I'm right here, you're right here, but we do need to be in an agreement and moving forward and not just like, okay, like holding, holding oneself back, holding oneself back or the other person back. So um, that's awesome. And then also too, like what's different between like you seeking just a partner or a partner that you really truly want to build an empire with is combining goals and talents and resources so that you see how you can help him. She sees how he can, or he sees how he can help her, which in turn gets you both farther than what you would do if you were separate. Yes. And alone. And alone. Yeah, right. Separate mm-hmm. and alone. Facts, 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 facts. And then also, too, you brought up allowing the man to be a, the man. That's huge. Because I also know that I'm a control freak as well. I grew up as the only child. 
single mom. So it's like- You have the only child syndrome. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, these are my toys. I will control how these toys are played. I don't have to share my toys with anybody because these are, I'm just the only kid <laughs> in the house. So these are my toys. Yeah, these is how, this is how it goes. You know what I mean? So, you know, going into a relationship, definitely learning um, where to pick those battles. And also too, putting your humble hat on and understanding, you know what? I'm trying to lead in this area and I'm not even, I don't even know how to lead in this area, but I'm still, I still think I should be in control and maneuvering the whole thing. Yet I'm crashing and burning this thing. You know, <laughs> and understanding like, okay, you know what, let's let my, you know, partner be who he is, be the man, and let me take a back seat. Mm-hmm. And then this crazy thing happens, it ended up working out so much better. <laughs> so much better. Damn, that's all I had to do. That's all I had to do. That's it. And your hair still look good. Yeah, right. You <laughs> still look good. You're not that's stretched. Right. Stretched and that's what I mean by cute yeah. shoes. Yeah and messed up knees i'm not about to be all bent out of shape ladies we're gonna look a lot older than our men at this age okay so let's preserve our beauty and our cuteness and let's worry about the things that we need and supposed to worry about and it's like why do you say that why'd you say that we're gonna look a lot older than them we age because because women age a little quicker than men oh you know men they get bald and they can wear a hat and they can yeah, look they back like they're good. 30. Yeah, yeah. We look a little older and it's on the neck and yeah, you know, yeah. it's around the eye, no matter how much Botox you put in there. <laughs> um, you start looking a little older, a little more worn out. And I was saying, especially as entrepreneur women, we do less labor and more mental stress. And this emotional and mental stress wears on us greater than if we were out there just doing labor work. And we have to be more cautious about that because not only am I big on supporting each other as men and female, Mm -hmm. I'm also really big on making sure that that sexual tension is there with your partner, especially if your partner's love language is touch, which nine times out of 10, one in the relationship, touch is the love language, period. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you want to stay cute and, and eye-catching to whatever your partner, male or female, believes mm-hmm. what cute is, what is mm-hmm. attractive to them, what is cute to the eye. So I'm really big on that. So if that's the case, and I want to make sure 30 years from now, my husband is attractive to me and I'm still looking how he would see or what he would define as fine, then mm-hmm. I need to preserve that. And some of that is making sure that I'm not focused on all the unnecessary stresses of the world that is not meant for me to focus on. And let let me correct it because I want to make sure that we're not speaking on female male roles here. Because in every relationship, the roles are different. And Larissa Mm -hmm. touched on it beautifully. It's about what your strengths and weaknesses are. My strengths are organization. I do the finances. I am time management for all of us. I'm making mm-hmm. sure that we're prepared for certain meetings. When it comes to real estate deals, I'm the one mm-hmm. that's constantly communicating with, you know, whether potential buyers or, you know, we're scouting out properties or whatever, I'm doing that. And I'm also, because I'm bilingual, I speak to a lot of our contractors and the meetings, all that sometimes is just held by me because of the Spanish role. That's mm-hmm. my role. Those are my yeah. responsibilities. Have nothing to do with male or female. Mm-hmm. With my husband, he is huge at the negotiating table. Mm-hmm. I don't negotiate not one deal. My husband does. I'm just there in the ear, whispering it to him because 
He knows how to put a contract together. He knows how to make it a win-win situation. And for whatever reason, we win every time. Mm -hmm. But it looks like Mm -hmm. to them, it's a win-win. And those are one of his strengths. And that's what he focuses on. So I'm not going to sit there and take the role of the negotiating table too, along with everything else. That's his thing. He's good at it. Mm -hmm. He'll figure it out. And we both agree with it. And if we can strategically do that in every area of our life, we will be in so much peace because I am focused on the things that I want to do and that I love to do. Mm-hmm. My husband is focused on the things that he wants to do and that he loves to do. Right. And everything that does not fall in between those two things, we are hiring somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time. He doesn't have the time. And I definitely don't have the time to be stressed out doing something that I don't love to do. I'd rather pay somebody to do that for us. Same concept when it comes to parenting. Same concept when it comes to everyday decision making. If we can do that, we will live a happier life because we're no longer focused on the things that we have no interest in or we're not good at. Yeah, no, I think that's huge because I know when um, me and Doug first started working together, like we were both trying to do the same things and it's just like we were stepping on each other, like there becomes like a power struggle. And then again, like this is not where I'm even good at. So I'm just kind of like, like moderately moving my way through it. Like I'm, it's, we're working it, but it's not really working as best as it could. So like you, organization is more my thing. How can we scale? How can we um, remove ourselves out of this and hire on new people. And I really love how you say, like, if both of you guys aren't good at one, at, at either particular role, then hire it out. I feel like so many times, like, people just feel like, oh, well, do, can I really hire it out? I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure out how to do it. But then it ends up, like, creating arguments, you being stressed out. And then, to your point, you're looking old, which you don't want to do. <laughs> so... I also want to bring back to the point of like, because you talk about this a lot, like staying sexy for your man and um, appealing to his eye, no matter what age, no matter what's going on to what he believes is beautiful. So for women who might be like, well, I just had three kids. I'm out here doing all this. Like, how does he expect me to like take care of a home, take care of the kids, take care of the business and Take care of him and on top of that, take care of myself. How do you prioritize, you know? I love that. Um, I want to go. I have I have to get her to bring something in. This is going to be really big, y'all. Yeah. I got to give me a minute. Let me call Rosita so that okay. she can bring in for me. And I'm going to explain something. I'm, y'all going y'all gonna to see the point of this. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, let me, it's going to be two parts. So the first Rosita, can you bring me two glasses, but make sure they're different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it could be two cups, two glasses. It can be whatever, as long as it's to fill in something. And they have to be different, both of them? Por favor, different size. Okay. Okay, So one of the things that's really big is, and I talk to my married people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain things I can't talk to if you're not committed. I can't speak yeah. to you on commitment if you're not committed. So mm-hmm. at this point, that's yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, Rosita, say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so I'm talking to my married people when I'm being this blunt and direct. Yeah. I'm married to my husband. <clears throat> and I did this. So I had surgery done. 
I had something called diagnosis recti. Um, I was on the news, I was on Fox and all that because of it and explaining to my ladies that sometimes the bulge that's coming from your stomach after pregnancy is not because of lack of exercise, but it's because of this condition called diagnosis recti. And Larissa, you know, when you get to that point, I will make sure to share all my hacks with you, what you gotta do afterwards. Oh, I mean, I, just, I might be judged for this, but I'm definitely getting a tummy tuck after I'm done having kids. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just- I, I, You I, may I, not need it after the first one, because I did it. Okay. My abs were But I feel fine. like I'm getting older now. Like, I'm getting older. You had your yeah. first when you were- twenty like early 30s, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm yeah. about to be mid-30s, so I don't know. I'm praying. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm just gonna speak it into a second. No, we're gonna manifest. I'm telling you, your abs yeah, exactly. Gonna be tight. I don't need it. Your, your abs are gonna be tight. The second one that I we might right. have to do, right? We may have to wake up a little earlier for the affirmation and meditations, but <laughs> okay. it's definitely we're gonna pray on that. We're gonna pray on that. But okay. um, the my first one, my abs were tight. It went right back. I'm, I was good, and I've always been slim, always been tiny. So there was, you know, no reason why my abs weren't out. The second one, but I remember being pregnant with my son. And it literally felt, and I remember telling my husband, this pain is unbearable. It feels like my abs are tearing apart. And with the actus recti, me not knowing at the time, that's exactly what was happening. My abs were tearing apart. And this gap that you see right here is what the actus recti is about. So I was able to literally, in between my abs, because they're no longer like this, threaded, they're now separated. I was able to put my four fingers through there and what that meant was that if i'm if i can go through with my fingers and anything that's inside can could, could be going through as well and it's those abs and your rib cage your rib cage that puts keeps everything together so when i would exercise and do my planks and all that i can see my organs coming like literally poking out like a cone head from my stomach yeah. And I went to the doctors and my back was hurting and now I have a hernia and I'm like, wait, what is this too much happening? So coming to find out the only way to correct the hernia and the back pain was to have what we call a tummy tuck. In my case, it was threading it, which is exactly mm -hmm. what it is, a tummy tuck, but because it was a condition with the, with the, um, with the back pain and the hernia, it was more than just to them and labeling it more of a tummy tuck, but they had to thread my abs from the bottom all the way to the top so that it's not a part anymore. And that came, well, great is a tummy tuck, it's sexy, and it was necessary for me. And if it was, if it's you, if you feel like, you know, I have the three kids, my stomach don't look right, my cellulite, there is literally things that you can do to better your appearance if that's what your husband wants mm. you to do. And here's- Emphasis on the husband. I heard that. Emphasis on the husband. Cause if you, you got a man that ain't commit to you, yeah. we are not gonna be saying anything. <laughs> you gotta look good for him. Cause he ain't committed. So he ain't get the, he doesn't get the privilege. He's a non-factor. Yeah. No, no. And, and, and we'll touch on that a little bit too. And this is what I mean by getting pimped by your man. He doesn't want to commit, but yet he wants you to do what he says. No, no, sir. That's not what we do. Yeah. You commit to me, then we can talk some <laughs> negotiations and I'll meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so it is important because what, how does he want you to look? And then on the opposite side, there's some men that rather see their women look all bent out of shape because they don't want no other men to look at them. And you want to make sure that you also nip that in the bud because ultimately you are as successful as you believe you will be.
And if you're not believing in yourself, you don't feel comfortable about yourself, and some of it has to do with you physically, I'm a huge advocate on correcting that. Because mm-hmm. if it's going to make you more secure, more mm-hmm. confident, more outgoing, more like I can do this and nothing can stop me. And if a little tummy tuck, wearing fajas, you know, looking cute, your hair, your, your lashes, whatever makes you mm-hmm. feel cute, I'm a huge advocate to do it because it will have a direct effect on how you appear to other people and how you do business, especially, especially if you yourself are a business owner and entrepreneur. Right. Right. Yeah. It essentially gives you confidence. And I know sometimes people are like, well, your confidence should come from within. It shouldn't be our, but all of that affects your confidence, how you look, how you present yourself, what you're wearing, how you're wearing your hair, what your body looks like. And also too, if you're, like you said, your husband is unsatisfied with your physical appearance. I mean, nobody would say anything if their husband was unsatisfied with, oh, the fact that, oh, I went outside my relationship or that, you know, um, dishes are always in the sink or, um, you know, clothes don't get washed. Like we would just figure out how to do it or hire somebody to do that. So why would it be any different if it came to your appearance in the way that you look? So that's a great point. Yeah, it should be definitely a, a conversation that both you guys have and be in agreement with that. And it also, it, it has a direct um, effect on your husband's performance too when it comes to business and stuff. Because, you know, your man feels more confident and look at my wife. And again, it's what appealing to, to him because like my husband, certain things he doesn't find sexy. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. think that's cute at all. Then it's mm-hmm. other things. He's he like, oh, that is just so sexy. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> like I wouldn't find it sexy, but if that's what makes you feel like it'll be sexy on me, cool, let's do it. You know, let's do that. Yeah. But it has to be, again, there has to be conversations and alignment and agreements because he still wouldn't tell me what to wear, what not to wear. No, yeah. he, he has that respect for me where if that's what you think is cute, perfect. My husband buys my shoes. He buys mm-hmm. outfits. He's had for a long time, but um, it's not to the point where, but you can't wear that. You know, I still have every liberty and freedom to be who we are, but that's a standard in a culture that you have to set in your relationship as a female so that just like we're telling you, stop being controlling. Same thing with him. He too should not be controlling your everyday. Yeah. Yeah. And since you brought up controlling, I'm just going to read a post that you had shared on Instagram just about controlling because I feel like, um, any topic can really be on the borderline of controlling or not. It's kind of like, again, continually having that conversation of, okay, I think it's a little too much right now, or, you know, yeah, I'm okay with it. But I also feel like just with two people coming together in a relationship, in a marriage, you know, you have your own preconceived notions of how things should go, how people should act, how you should act, how your husband should act, how your kids should be, how your home should be. And again, that needs to be a constant conversation and collaboration. But there are times where it does get to a point where we can be controlling with it. So I just want to kind of read what you said. So he said, stop controlling your partner. Your soulmate is not the person that will come into your life peacefully. It is who comes to make you question things, who changes your reality. Somebody that marks a before and after in your life. It is not to control you, but instead to add value to your life, who manages to revolutionize your world in a second. Mm -hmm. So I really, really love that because again, like we can take things from our partner as being controlling, or we can be a bit controlling as well, but that's not the point. And all of it, it's to how can we be better together? 
And yes, this might be challenging for you to hear, see, or do on both sides, but what is this getting to in the end? So um, I know you touched on controlling like before, just allowing the man to be the man, but in a relationship, especially with building wealth together and husband and wife, how can we more so release some of those controlling um, factors that I guess like we try to like maneuver around all the time? Definitely through conversation. And mm-hmm. one of our things, you know, we have the 12 secrets as lovepreneurs and secret mm-hmm. number four is fight for what's right, mm-hmm. not who is right. And that's what helped us maintain this balance okay. and boundaries of, okay, mm-hmm. what are we injecting as really just controlling the situation or are we literally adding value to the situation? So we realize, like right now, am I arguing with you or wanting to change this or wanting to impact this in this way for my own personal emotional gain because I think I'm right or because this is what I feel like this should be? Or are we doing this because there is an actual strategy behind this that will make you or I, us, the business better or the children? Mm-hmm. And when we sit down and make sure that we put it in that bucket, you know, it's almost like having mm-hmm. three squares with the check. All right. Is it about me? Check. Is it about you? Check. Or is it about making this better? And why? Check. And it's always making this better. And then why? Check. And mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you that at times it kind of felt, it started feeling very robotic. So I want to do like do the devil's advocate here. But so we're sitting here having a conversation and I believe that you know with organization the beginning with demetrius i believe that he should strategically and structure his business differently and this started with the auto body shop and this started with um his um section eight homes and i felt like the way he was doing it he was just wearing himself out and it was mm-hmm. he was just all over the place and he had to be everywhere at, at every single time he didn't have any mm-hmm. breaks and i'm like okay let's hire someone for your section eight i will manage who that person is um, anytime that there's a call back then it, we didn't have internet apps like we do now, you know, yeah. things had to be done differently. So, and we're like showing our age, but you know, the phones just had a whole revolution the last three years <laughs> and it wasn't like that, you know, 10 years ago. So, yeah. you know, I literally would have to manage this person. It was a Spanish person. So it was me. And so I had to change all that. And he could have easily taken the road of you're trying to control me and my business. And this is how yeah. I'm doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, and don't get me wrong. There were times that he was hesitant, but Demetrius was yeah. never an emotional person to react like that. But you can tell, like, he had to think about it, you know, and who knows what was going through his head at the time. And, but finally, I remember, like, two, three days later, he was like, all right, so how do you feel like we should do that? And so here goes that point where he could have easily felt, you're trying to control my business and what to do with my business. And me, I literally came to him with a whole business plan Again, me being organized, I didn't mind. I'm, wrote, I'm writing him a whole thesis on how he should do this thing. And it's like, you know, I'm giving him the best solution for him in his business. This has nothing to do with my emotional gains or me feeling like I would get more money or, you know, I would have more time with you if I do this. Like it was never a situation that I'm putting my emotional or physical needs in what I'm trying to say right now, if it has to do with business. Now, talk about the same concept, same strategy when it comes to personal. This is where I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate because if personally there's changes that need to be made 
from us both in our relationship so that we can become better partners, that is, there's always a thin line, are you trying to control me? And again, we're going back to those three boxes and always checking off, this is not about me or you, it's about what's best in our relationship. So if what's best in our relationship, my love language needs to be met. Your love language needs to be met. There is no arguing that. Mm -hmm. So if my love language is personal touch, there is no arguing that I need you to touch me, smack my booty when I'm walking past, when we lay down in the bed, that I am ready for you, you're ready for me, that you're caressing my face while we're out. I need that personal touch as a love language. Or so there's no there's no way we're debating because it's not nothing emotional that I'm trying to control you to be, is literally explaining to you that I have an emotional need that needs to be met as a wife and vice versa as a husband. Right. So always making sure that that box of what is best for it the business our relationship for your wife as a husband as a parent what is that it and are we checking that box all the time and it's not a personal ego thing here or personal ego thing with your partner and if we can continue to check this middle box it will be less a controlling factor and more so a better for us as a unit factor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow that's huge that's huge because I feel a lot of issues stem from the control factor. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what issues you see most. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I can give you a whole line. You know, one of our issues, let, let me, I can make this very personal. Yeah. One of our biggest issues, um, my husband comes from an amazing, huge family. And, um, and I mean amazing because I love his mom and dad, his his um, siblings, we all have our very own unique relationship. Like Larissa and I mentioned, I come from a single parent home. It's my mom and I, I'm the only child. And my story and the bond between my mom and I is amazing. So, you know, here comes this big family. And when I say big family, I mean, when they roll, they all roll. And it's everybody. Hey, we're coming over. When we say, hey, we're coming over, it's 20th. And it's a lot. And sometimes it was just very overbearing. So I remember having to break down to him, me emotionally, I can't have all of that coming at me at one time, all the time. I just, mm -hmm. I can't do it. And we had to like literally sit down and have really hard conversations and understand that what his emotional need is and what my emotional need is and come halfway with it and meet right here. So what's best? So what we came to the conclusion is my husband needs that emotional need from his family. So fine, have that. I, it doesn't need to stop because of me. I just don't always have to be present. Mm. So the difference is I'm not telling you you can't have it. Please, by all means, make sure that your tank is full with all the emotional um, need that you have for your with, with your family that they're bringing that to you you need that from your dad mom all that but just don't force me to have to always be involved and present and vice mm -hmm. versa mm -hmm. so um that check the box of what's best for us you need that emotional tank full i do not so therefore i don't have to tell you to stop but don't make me do it Right. Let's be halfway. When I want to, yeah. I will. When you want to, you will. Yeah. No, um, you saying that, I resonate with that a lot. Again, single child over here, single parent. 
and child. So Doug also loves to be around his family, like all the time. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want people up under me all the time. It really is exhausting to me. And not because I don't want to be around them or don't like them. It's just, hey, like I like my own time. So like you, I'm like, hey, do your thing. And I'm grateful that <laughs> you don't force me <laughs> to be around all the time because it just would be too much. But again, love them all. It's just, hey, it is what it is. So respecting that decision, awesome. So I guess we'll end with, um, what do you think out of your commandments is the biggest principle when it comes to building that financial nest egg for uh, the power couple or the love in your group? Knowing your role. And I love this question because of it. And that is literally commandment number one for us. Knowing, if you know your role, you will 100% understand how to do everything else in the relationship. Literally everything that we talked about will circle back to knowing your role, 100%. And the thing about knowing your role is that you will understand your capacity level, that you will understand your weaknesses and your strengths, that you will understand where do you fit in in your partner's vision? Where do you fit in as a parent? Where do you fit in as a wife, as a husband, as a daughter, as a son? Like, if you understand your own personal roles, then you will understand what values you contribute at the table with your partner. Friendships. Like, you and I know each other's roles. There's mm -hmm. no, like, the, we talk about it all the time, how insane yeah. that is. Because, and it just allows every type of relationship to just fluently operate because there is a specific role that I have I know what it is and I understand that it may change later and mm. I'm in agreement that if mm -hmm. it does change let's talk about it we'll sit at the table and give you the freedom to change okay fine that's no longer your role perfect so what's your role now now these are my roles perfect let's do that but if knowing your role you understand your capacity you'll be less overwhelmed Mm -hmm. your relationship will operate a lot smoother you'll be a lot more happier because you understand your reason i say this all the time imagine going to a job you have a job mm -hmm. in you're going to your uh, this job and you're sitting there you don't bring a resume you don't bring anything you just sit there for the interview and the people that are interviewing you are saying um right so what do you want to do here um well i'm here what kind of job do you have well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to hire me for? And there's like, no, well, what are you great at? This is the job description. How do you fit uh -huh. into this? Like, there's no specific guidance or destination to it. It will be a lost interview. Can you imagine the way that business is ran? There's mm -hmm. no purpose behind it, no direction, no destination. And that's how most people are going into relationships. Well, I'm here and I'm cute. What's up? And the person that you're... And your partner is like, oh, okay, good. Well, I'm here. What do you, what, what can you do? Well, I don't know. What do you need me to do? And you're just all lost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you think that relationship is going to last? What kind of foundation are you laying? You mean you don't have a job description? You mean you don't know exactly what you're looking for and what positions to be filled within your life? Because I need to know what positions I need filled in my life. And what do you have to offer to, to those positions? And if you're not good at half of those things, great. Let me hire who is. Mm -hmm. But there has to be something there that I can contribute and that I give and that is a need for the vision to come to pass on your end. 
Right. You can't just sit there. And and why why I had this glass and speaking of this and knowing your role and adding stress and how overwhelming a relationship could be, especially with building together. I, I want to illustrate these two glasses because I feel like it will give a little clarity, right? So mm-hmm. imagine our roles are in here, right? So uh, Doug and Larissa. Um, this is your love tank. This is you. This is um, what fulfills you. This is um, all your job duties, all of it. It's in this glass. And a lot of times we are operating. Who, what did I say? Who was who? Doug and Larissa, right? And I, I'm not putting it, hey, Doug, I'm not calling you a smaller glass. It's just, that's how <laughs> it happens, right? So, you know, these are your capacity levels and what you are able to put in your, in your glass. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned this a few times throughout the interview and why I say knowing your role, this is it right here. So if in my glass I have all these things and my capacity is here and now I'm overwhelmed because I am full. There's just so much in here. And if I were to put the same amount in this glass, this will probably stop like right here because it's a, it's a bigger mm-hmm. glass. It's taller. Mm-hmm. It may stop like right here. So that means I still have a little more space left mm-hmm. in here. So what do I do with my partner? Do I let them continue to overflow, overwhelmed? They're going through it over here. They're stressed out. You don't understand why they're cursing or smoking or drinking or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, they handle stress. And it's over and it's full. And then I'm over here saying, well, I told you not to be doing it. You're doing too much. And I don't know why you have all that in your glass. Or instead, you say, babe, won't you come over here? I have some room. I still have yeah. a lot of room here. Apparently, I can handle it because this is my this is a full representation of my capacity. Mm-hmm. I can handle it because I still have plenty of room in my capacity glass. Pour some in here. Let me see how I can help you because you're overwhelmed. At least get to where I am so that now you're fully functional and I'm fully functional. And mm-hmm. let us continue to grow together. But what happens a lot is that this one's full. That's not their capacity, but they don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. And they're overwhelmed. And this one's just yeah. laughing. And just like kind of going through it. So mm-hmm. if we know our role, if we understand our capacity level, and we understand that we're here to literally assist and support one another, there would not be one unhappy camper in a relationship. Right. Yeah, they will be happy. They will be fulfilled. They will understand their roles. They will understand the capacity level. And this one would also understand that and know how can I continue to grow with my partner so that we can be all in one accord. But we're not all going to be the same. My role Mm -hmm. isn't going to be the same as my husband. And it's a great thing because then he can help me where I'm weak and I can help him where he's weak and vice versa. Yeah, no, that's powerful. You know, I feel like you also have to be comfortable too with saying, hey, like this is enough. Like, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. We have to get somebody else to do it. And, you know, like I had to learn to, I had to learn that. Cause at first I was like, okay, I have to do as much as Doug's doing. Like, he just seems like he can go, go, go all the time. And I got to keep up. And at a certain point I'm like, uh, no, actually, that's just not how I operate. I can't function like that. I can't operate like that. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And I know where my limit is. And I know how I can be most effective with where I need to be. And that is what it is. And that doesn't mean that one's role here is any more or less. It just means it's different. And each person is still contributing just in the capacity that they can and in the strength that they can. So definitely think that's huge for sure. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Show, show, show. So, you know, I want to end with one of your quotes that you always say a lot, you know, and then you can kind of lead into like talk about your Lovepreneur platform where people can find you and Demetrius and really get more connected with you guys. And I know it's really important for you guys to always have like-minded couples in your circle, only like-minded couples in our circle. You always say that. So let us know about your circle. Let us know about the Lovepreneur platform and what people can expect from it and where they can find it. Awesome. Yes. So like Doug and Larissa, they're amazing friends beyond even business. Doug and um, my husband, Demetrius, have done business together and they're constantly in the real estate circle. And it's important as a love promoter platform. And it started with us. So this platform, we actually started privately and um, where it was like invite only. And one of our really good friends, mutual friend of ours and um, someone that has been in our circle for a long time, I remember him saying, listen, internet's a whole vibe. And I understand you guys like keeping this tight and private, but I really want you guys to explore this to be out and allow other people into this circle because it'll be very beneficial to people. We understood that this journey of growing rich together, of being entrepreneurs, being in a couple, in a relationship with an entrepreneur, we're both entrepreneurs, it's not the easiest thing. And, you know, not having the right network, not having the right people that can also expose you to the resources you need to grow rich. Like we can't afford to be rich and grow rich and be lonely once we become the the rich and and the standard that we always wanted to be. Like we just can't afford that is the structure, the family of structure, the, the structure of becoming wealthy, the structure of being entrepreneurs. Like having that foundation and that community that can help you support in all those areas makes you even stronger as a couple. And what I realized as women, we're good, we're open, we don't mind sharing information, but men not so much. Um, Men tend to hold back a little bit. Men tend to want to go through the stresses of life on their own. They... um, have not been introduced majority of us as, as men have not been introduced to the mentorship aspect to the having the right people around you tell people what's going on wrong so that they can give you a solution instead they rather be around other people that have their same problems don't offer a solution and still call them friends so as lovepreneurs men are around other like-minded men that are very business oriented that are family oriented they're not calling each other, hey, you know, let's go to, you know, go find some chicks somewhere. Um, but instead, you know, it's always very enlightened conversation. It's always very business oriented. It's very positive, you know, and Larissa and I both share that where we love when our husbands come together and they're like just talking and, and they're pouring into each other. And it's another different you know, business strategy. So that was important to me in our platform and guarding our hearts, guarding my husband's heart, my husband being a visionary. He needs to always be around and stay business minded like that. And we realize that so many men are like that too. And growing risk together as a couple is important for both male and female to have those resources and those people you can lean on that share your same values, that share your same goals, And this platform became public about a year and a half ago during COVID, where we said, fine, we will open it up. We will have mentees under us where they're couples and they're growing rich together and they're strategizing. They're opening up their businesses and managing their businesses 
while still successfully trying to manage their relationship. So on my Instagram, you will find everything, the link in my bio, um, at Diane, which hopefully Larissa has it all spelled out on this episode because it's a crazy name, but at Diane. Spell it out verbally too. Spell it out so they can just hear it. Yeah. Gotcha. At, and then D-H-A-Y-A-N-Y. Most people ask, how do you say that? So think of the word die, like kill, die, and then Annie. So D-H-A-Y-A-N-Y. So that's on Instagram and all of my platforms. Everything is Diane, website, all of it is Diane. Um, and if you just Google Lovepreneur 2, it will definitely come up. So that's Lovepreneur, which means love and business. And guys, is love and business and the drama and the journey and the issues that come with it, is it worth it? I'm telling you here today that it is absolutely worth it. Just be around mm-hmm. other like-minded people like Larissa, like Wealth Babe, that will continue to motivate you so that you can continue to pour into your partner and pour into your own mindset on how to continue to get through it, grow rich, and do not stop at nothing. No team. No team. So ladies, you heard it here first. Make sure you go. Check her out on the Love for North platform. You can find so much value out of it, especially if you are looking to grow rich wealth and a lifetime of love <laughs> with your partner, with your, with your husband, with your wife, whichever. So yeah. thank you all for joining and I will catch you all the next go round. Thanks yeah. for having me, beautiful. Absolutely.